Hello and welcome to CPR podcast. My name is Chris Wangalwa and our guest today is Cosmas Butunyi. Cosmas is client director at Hudson Sandler. Before Hudson Sandler, he was at uh, Media Edge Public Relations as account director. Before Media Edge, he was account director at Ogilvy PR and he's been an intern as well, just as many of us. You've been dealing with top brands. You're a top breeder. Huh? Are you, are you a, a bougie? <laughs> not, a, not at all. I'm a, I'm a typical village boy. It's just good fortune. Man. The opportunity to intern at Reuters, the Johannesburg Bureau, was part of a program that I was fortunate to participate in. It was a scholarship, so it, it, it came as a package. Spent one year at the University of the Witwatersrand and then six months at the Bureau. But before that, I'd worked at Nation from the Kisumu Bureau here at East Africa. And so I had, I had a bit of experience behind me, but because, because of that program, so I had to intern at, at uh, Thomson Reuters, hence your point. There's agency, but then there's agency international and agency homegrown. What is the difference? I've been lucky to work for homegrown agencies and in an international agency where I am at at the moment. Public relations is public relations. Whether you're working for a homegrown agency or international or you're consulting as an individual. Of course, there are differences, there are pros, whichever way you're looking at. So for homegrown, the clientele that you'd attract, of course, would be mostly Kenyan clients. The opportunity there is to deepen relationships and contacts and experiences and to understand the market. And for international, by the nature of their DNA, they'd attract the kinds of Pan-African clients. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it could be an international organization that's setting up here, so they, they're probably more comfortable dealing with a, an agency that can support them in other markets as well. So that's, that's a different. But also, like a hybrid of those two is a network of agencies. So you'd have agencies coming together and it becomes like a network. So they're in different markets. They're semi-independent, but they happen to be children of the same mother. You're saying that the experience, if I ever worked in agency and I'm in homegrown agency and there's no other experience, I shouldn't be worried. But I have a feeling that there's a bit of um, resources available to an international agency practitioner compared to the homegrown. Do you want to demystify that? There's advantages that come with being part of an international agency. Because one, think of the experience of colleagues from other markets. They have their own experiences from whether it's in the UK or, it's, or other markets. They have that experience which you can cross-fertilize and, you know, the, of course, synergies and the, bigger, the outcome becomes better than you'd have if all of you are thinking local. Yeah. The other thing is, which I've learned for international agencies and even um, network agencies, there's usually that opportunity to learn from one another. So there are trainings, there are resources, which many times, depending on the size of agency, even if it's local, you might not get because it's a small operation, so you're just trying to get by. But um, to your earlier point, you should not get worried if you don't get the opportunity to work for an international agency because you, the advantage of that you are deepening your knowledge here, so you're deepening your contacts, you're deepening your knowledge of the market. It's just limiting if you're thinking of beyond Kenyan borders. You've been uh, in the newsroom. Sure. And you're now in agency. Of course, the larger part of your practice is in agency. What is the difference? Because I've seen people transition to from newsroom to agency, and largely, I mean, a lot of them, I, I think 100% of them that I know have moved from newsroom to agency. 
or they have either moved from class to agency? And rarely do we see people move from agency to newsroom. The advantage that I think comes from spending some time in the newsroom before you get into agency is you are able to, one, think like a journalist, because in many times, a big part of our work is trying to shape and influence and think of... uh, So if it's storytelling through media, it's important that you're able to get into the mind of a journalist. So the experience is important because it sort of ingrains in you how to think like a journalist. Then the second one, which I think is equally important, is writing. You're able to sharpen your writing because you're writing every day as a journalist. So you're able to... And that helps because in the practice of public relations, there's a lot of writing. So there's... uh, Even if it's you're writing blogs, you're writing press releases, you're writing speeches, you're writing opinion pieces, you're briefing notes even. So it helps you with, you know, the five W's and a H. Yes. And the so what nowadays. All those come into play when you transition. But to answer your early question about uh, people transitioning more, it's more of one way to a big extent. It's true. It's easier to move from newsroom to agency because you you have a skill that you can take there. But the reverse, there are a few people I know who've gone, have done the transition and realize this is not for them and come back to newsroom. The advantage of <laughs> when you're in the newsroom when you're going to agency, they should say you're going to the dark side because newsroom <laughs> journalists believe they are, as journalists we believe we're fighting for public interest. Yeah. But now for agency, you're obviously <laughs> pushing interests. Based on literature, there's been the school of thought that the communicator probably has mastery of a lot of communication concepts compared to the journalist. I don't know whether that's true. Do you want to shed light? That's partly true. It's debatable. It's debatable. Yeah, that's that's the, <laughs> the more uh, the diplomatic way of putting it. Yeah. But um, I agree. Transitioning directly from classroom to agency, I know many people who had that transition in there. Solid, solid practitioners. So there's nothing, you know, you know that thing they usually say about you have no control over what happens to you. The, what you can control is how you react to it. So depending on the experiences that come to you, if you're a journalist and you, as long as you stay teachable and you're trying to get better, which I think is also a trait that you develop a bit in the newsroom because there is the constant feedback and depending on the kind of editors you work with. Some can be rough, so it sort of helps you to take feedback, which is, which is an important skill for any human being. So I think um, I'd recommend newsroom. Experience. Newsroom first, even or, if, or experience in any way. Yes, okay. even if it's just interning, it sort of helps you in a way. One of the funny things we've even had a debate as a CPR is, would people go generalist as I mean, in terms of agency, would you profess generalist practitioner or specialist practitioner? That's a difficult one to answer because it has pros and cons. Because if you think of yourself as a generalist, what that the advantage of that is it's sort of, you know, you are like, uh, there's work always, as opposed to think of yourself as specializing in financial comms, for instance. Mm-hmm. So that means you'd, if you're staying in agency, you'd have to get enough clients to keep you busy practicing as a financial comms specialist or NGO specialist or, or brand person. That's the one is for the advantage of being a generalist is the utility. You, you can be used in different forms and, and, and shapes. 
But the advantage of being a specialist is you get the opportunity to deepen your knowledge. You are because you're doing the same thing over and over. you are dealing with the same issues. So if it's sustainability issues, you end up becoming an authority because you've looked at it top, bottom, sideways, and whichever way anyone can look at it. So that's that's thinking of the pros and cons. However, the other point that needs to be made is where our market is. I think our market is who as Kenyans or Africa or or Africa. specialty as Africa. Think of PR practice in Africa. Okay, where we are, it's um, it's a bit limiting to to become a specialist unless you choosing to go digital, for instance. That one makes sense because there's sufficient you have sufficient things you could be doing because you also there's the bit about specializing, but how do you practice? So you have this interest in maybe you have interest in not for profits and you keep working in not for profits and you deepen your knowledge. But that means you have to have if you're if you're running an agency, you have to have sufficient work for this person. What happens when those uh, not for profits leave? Because you know the nature of agencies. And and, and now I have a problem with the, this element of money because. Um, there is now why am I doing this so I can make profit there is that part and sorry to ask you this it is out of the discussion but the question would be why do people do what they do and why do agencies exist for instance I know for sure that many agencies do not do a lot of CSR and uh, they are organizations but agencies communicate CSR for organizations do you want to touch that? That's a tough one. But um, just to start from where I started, that why do people do what they do? People are motivated by different things. Okay. Even for agencies, the motivation is different. So there's um, agencies that pride themselves in being uh, understanding Africa, for instance. At Hudson Sandler, for instance, we say we, we like telling Africa success stories. So if it's a success story and it's African, we definitely want to be part of it. There are those that thrive in, in, in brand bringing brands to life and doing campaigns and all that. But at the end of the day, all these are businesses. So you have to, it has to make business sense because you're providing a service and it needs to be compensated so that you also take care of, take care of uh, whatever things that need to be taken care of. And shareholders and everything yes. else. But um, coming to the point about CSR, I think there's, there's a bit of change in thought. Increasingly, you see organizations doing CSR. And you know, that's the other thing about our, our, our profession is many times you don't say too many things about what you do. So if... Uh, you, you sell everybody else except yourself. Many times. Yes. It's, it's, it's a weakness we have as uh, communicators. I don't know if it's modesty or it's just the way it is. But uh, for CSR, for instance, I have had experience of maybe like giving time. Sometimes it's not giving donations or big checks. You can support a campaign or a course by giving your expertise and providing publicity and supporting their communications, which many times you cannot go shouting and saying, you know, we did this for these guys. But uh, point is, I think, communications agencies to a large extent do that. And if you think of how that takes shape, think of mentorship, for instance, what we were talking about earlier. Giving your time to go and speak to the new communicators, the future communicators who are joining the market, it's a way of Giving back to the community, you're paying it forward. Yes. Yeah. I'll take you back to what we were discussing about generalist and specialist. Taking the case of we are specialists in 
um, I don't want to use financial comms. Let me say brand. Yeah, we especially no, even not brand because brand would you'd find ourselves doing for everybody, mm-hmm. um, specialist in um, sustainability. In a particular organization where there is only there is an element of sustainability, there's also an element of finance, there's also an element of another thing, and so you are a specialist in sustainability. So I bring in an agency on sustainability, I bring in an agency on finance, I bring in an agency on something else. Do you see it taking that direction that one organization has? And I know there are brands in Kenya specifically, and even in Af- other countries in Africa who say. No, we have to work with different agencies for different things. The only challenge that I've seen is those agencies are not necessarily specialties. How do you see it panning out? Were we to go specialist? No, I think from where I sit, I think the future of PR, the future of public relations, is that kind of scenario where you'd you'd either think of a practice area or think of a specific thing. So you can say we are all we're doing is media relations. We're not going to do anything else. We, that's all we're going to do. Then another agency would say, us guys are just content people. If you want all your writing, all your videos, all your content, that's all we want to do. There's that. But there are things that in the future are going to become a huge area of focus. Think of sustainability, for instance. You're seeing many people beginning to focus about sustainability. It's, it's uh, an important area of focus for organizations. And by extension, for communicators as well, because you do those things, but you also want to communicate them. Think of digital, for instance. Many organizations are beginning to do digital comps, and that's an opportunity. So thinking of those two areas, you can easily focus there because there's, uh, going forward, there's a big opportunity going forward in the, in, the, in the horizon. But if you are to think of the specialisms, so like your financials, your brand, your, your not-for-profit, in terms of industries and sectors, that is where I think um, can be a bit limited. Because if you're doing sustainability, 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 whether you're doing it for, for a telco, you're doing it yeah. for a manufacturer, it's all the same narrative because the goal is the same. What you try to achieve is sustainable development. I've been disturbed a lot by how we look at sustainability. Maybe you can talk to us about it slightly. Because it appears that people see sustainability from very different angles. Mm-hmm. Others look at it from green energy, Others look at it from continuity without... Let me just say longevity. Talk to me about sustainability. So sustainability, the way I understand it is development that thinks of our future generations. So whether it's green energy, whether it's dealing with the plastic menace, whether it's... Um, I, don't know, I don't know what else you'd say. At the end of the day, the, 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 the bottom line is making sure that whatever we do today doesn't jeopardize the future of future uh, generations. And how do you communicate that? How do you, as a communicator, say you, are, you do sustainability? There are initiatives. So think of, like, say, your operation here. You, you, have, you, you don't have lots of, it's paperless, apart from my notebook, I think. That's one of the things you can say. You, you are the one with the notebook. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one initiative you could say. Yes. Or if you're a con- uh, real estate company, you'd say, we doing we have a solar thing up there we have natural light so you don't need to use light in your house during the day those kind of things or you have green spaces so it's the initiatives that you'd be communicating and many times for sustainability what i've seen is organizations commit themselves to something so you say 
as our contribution to the bigger cause of sustainable development is we're going to go paperless, like what the government has been trying to do with the cabinet meetings. We're going to go paperless. We're going to plant trees. We're going to green energy. We're going to buy solar panels and put on our offices. Or we're going to be moving. We'll be deliberate in making sure that wherever we move at, if you're a tenant, is organizations that have green buildings. So those kind of initiatives are what you'd would sort of build up to your sustainable uh, goal, sustainability goals. Yeah, and my, my, my only fear has been that uh, we largely skew, or I don't know whether it's skew, or that's the absolute, that we have thought about, you see, paperless goes into climate change, green energy goes into climate change, and it appears to me like climate change is a synonym of sustainability. I think, and... It sort of looks like that, but you come to think of it, climate change is a big threat to sustainable development because if you read the reports that keep coming out about climate change, is if nothing is done about it, we're never going to have the planet the way we know it in yeah. a few years. So if we deal with climate change, we'd have sorted out a big part of sustainable development. Yeah, yes. yeah. Thank you very much, Cosmos, for making your time. It's been very enjoyable. <laughs>